This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, you guys. Glad to be back. Glad to be over the uh, the uh, sniffles that I had there for like a solid month and uh, ready to rock, man. We are here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Before we get into the happenings of the week and the weekend, let's go over a couple of quick news tidbits. In the NFL, Jamie Collins was released by the Browns this week. Uh, I fully expect him to get picked up any day now. Jalen Richard, tendered by the Raiders as a restricted free agent. What that means is he will make 3.095 mil unless he signs an offer sheet from another team. DeMar Dotson's contract option picked up by the Buccaneers as well. He will be due 4.725 mil in 2019. So we got some former Golden Eagles out there getting paid. And what a great payday for a former Southern Miss basketball player. Yeah, man, it could not tie in anymore to kind of what we're doing right now with uh, with basketball on such a roll. And, um, and yeah, you're right. Jamie Collins is going to get picked up before long. He's too good of a talent, too good athletically. And it's so good to, to see Jalen Richard, all the hard work paying off. You know, it's it's it couldn't happen to a better guy. Also going on right now and for the next few weeks until I don't know when it ends, but be sure you go vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast in this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Voting is happening right now at festivalsouth.org. Thanks for reminding me. I don't think I've logged on and done it yet today. <laughs> uh, I'm making sure that I get my one vote in per day because um, I don't know how to do any of the IP address stuff. Yeah, it's one vote per day per email address per IP address. So That's too many pers. I don't understand. Well, I think basically if you can figure out a way to log a vote, it probably counts. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right, so the big news of the weekend, let's talk some Southern Miss basketball. And this past week, Southern Miss 2-0 and in in pod play this week. Uh, first game coming Wednesday, March the 6th. Southern Miss defeating the number one seed, Old Dominion Monarchs, by a final score of 59-52. to It was good to see... Uh it's good to see the Golden Eagles go on the road against a team that had the best record in the conference and currently leading the conference, and I guess still leading the conference. Um, but it was a packed house on the road. I'm really jealous of their basketball arena, by the way. Uh, I wish Reed Green Coliseum could look just like that. Um, and, but but yeah, 59 to 52 victory, and um, and and really, you know, took that seven point lead from the halftime score, just traded blows in the second half, and uh, ended up with a seven point win. Um, low scoring game, but it's good to, it's good to see that we can win some of those games. You know, we've got, we've got the kind of team that likes to get out and run a little bit, but, um, it's nice to see that when teams want to slow it down, um, and go inside that we can still be able to hang and to come out victorious, specifically on the road. Then on Saturday, it was senior day at Reed Green Coliseum, the largest crowd in quite some time, 4,780 on hand to watch the Southern Miss seniors in action, Cortez Edwards, Tyree Griffin, Penny Hampton, Kevin Holland, and Dominique McGee as the Golden Eagles stomp, curb stomp the Roadrunners, 81-48. to Absolute dominant effort. We've had a lot of those dominant efforts here down the uh, down the stretch, including, uh, you remember that 50-point beatdown of uh, Marshall? Um, and then, uh, God, I can't remember who it was a couple weeks back, but... I think we led the game like 54 to 12 at half or something. Um, that might have been against UTSA. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, dominant effort this weekend um, against UTSA. Solid crowd, like you said, that 4780. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was probably somewhere around there. Um, but but yeah, and it was really cool that that Doc 
let the five seniors get out there and start. You know what I'm saying? Um, specifically guys like Penny Hampton who don't get to play that much. Uh, Penny got to start, hit the first three of the game, ended up, he had a dunk as well. So kind of had his moment. Um, the seniors definitely shined. And towards the end of the game, we got to see a glimpse of what the team might look like next year. So, um, so overall, great, great effort. Um, and, uh, and I thought a classy move, move by Doc, uh, just kind of featuring those seniors on senior day. You mentioned starting the seniors, and you kind of would have thought that UTSA would have tried to, even though they're kind of known for their guard play, you think they would have tried to use the size to their advantage, but to no avail. Um, you know, by the time they, they sat the first senior, which I believe was about five minutes in, we, we had a, we already had a lead in the game. So. We're looking at uh, Dominic McGee, 19 points, four of seven from three. Uh, Tyree Griffin, 13 points, 11 assists. Um, Cortez Edwards, only five points, but added to that steal total. Uh, you know, he's the all-time leading uh, steals theft guy uh, in USM history. Um, and then even <laughs> what you expected from Ladavius Drain, right? 13 points, three of seven from three. But goodness gracious, Leonard Harper Baker, what? Nine points on three threes, three or four from three point range. So everybody got into the game. Everybody, everybody had the stroke going. They probably feed it off, uh, fed off that crowd a little bit. And, um, and just they're playing so loose right here towards the end of the year. And, and nobody in the conference tournament wants to face the Golden Eagles. I can promise you. Terry Griffin also jumped to number three on the school's all time assist list, surpassing Dante Stiggers. He now has 415. And you talk about the effort they've played with lately. So in this game on Saturday, it, uh, these are from the notes from the press release. Southern Miss has collected 10 steals in three consecutive games. The Golden Eagles had 47 rebounds, their most against a Division I opponent this year. So that's all about the effort right there. And I think Dominic McGee, as you've alluded to all season and, and the past two seasons, could be an X factor heading into this tournament. Absolutely. He, um, for whatever reason, whatever the reason is, um, we're not at practice every day. We don't know what happened, but there's been several games this year that have been close games where Dominic McGee, um, was just kind of non-existent. And, um, um, whether it's coach discipline or whether it's, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I do know that when he's on the floor and when his head's right, um, he's an absolute difference maker and, and he just adds to that, um, well, you know, we, we talked last year about like the three-headed monster that we had, the big three, and uh, Griffin, Edwards, and McGee. And if he can get back into that mold and with the new newcomers like Leonard Harper Baker and, and Ladavius Drain, for goodness sake, um, there's just so many – there's so many shooters and so many weapons and so many things that we can go to, whether the team is slowing it down or running. We've kind of found a way to win either either game and – um and I don't know. I, I don't know what you would do against the Southern Miss guys. I mean, um, neither one of those approaches works when you're hitting threes like we can hit them. So we have the ability to shoot everybody out of the gym, and um, we'll see how far that'll take us in this uh, in this tournament in uh, Frisco. One more thing we got to talk about because it's it's been a point of contention for some folks, and regardless of where you stand on the fence, it, ultimately it doesn't matter. But they had the senior night festivities before the game the other day. Doc out there in a suit, which he hasn't worn in probably, what, two months? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He comes back after the Senior Day festivities. They go back in the tunnel. They come back out for the game. He's back in the long-sleeve T-shirt. And I I totally understand, you know, people wanting the coach to look presentable. And uh, I totally understand Doc wanting to be comfortable. I guess as long as he's winning, it doesn't matter. But um, I don't know that he's necessarily going to look any more professional in a suit than he will in a long-sleeve shirt. (laughs) <laughs> it's such a doc move, you know, and, and the thing, the thing about the whole situation is for whatever we've said about doc and what about the basketball uh, program through the last, well, this is year five with doc being here. Um, doc's going to do what doc wants to do. And when you're winning and your guys are playing loose and they're high fiving each other and everybody's smiling and there's more people sitting around you in the stands. Um, there's more people talking about it, more people writing about it. Uh, it goes from kind of looking like a slob to looking like a uh, like a Mike Leach type of type of character, right? Just endearing and um, cool and whatever. Our coach is going to dress like this, and we're still going to whoop you. So I I don't know. I mean, call me crazy, but I I, I think I like it. <laughs> I definitely like it with uh, you know thirty something point 
victories uh, at home and then beating the number one team on the road. Uh, I don't care what he wears. Let's just keep this thing going. Well, that moves us to the conference tournament. The Golden Eagles finished the season 19-11, and 11-7 and 7 in Conference USA, securing the number three seed in the conference tournament, which secures them a first-round bye. So the conference tournament starts this Wednesday in Frisco, Texas. The Golden Eagles aren't playing Wednesday. They'll play Thursday in the second game that evening at approximately 9 p.m., depending on how things shake out. So that's Thursday, March the 14th. The number three seed Golden Eagles will take on the winner of the number six seed Marshall and the number 11 seed Rice game the day before. That game will be on Stadium on Facebook. Is this going to be? Is going to be? Is this going to be the same Facebook that I just watched the other night, or the same Stadium? What, I mean, what's the difference there? There's a stadium that I can watch on TV, and then there's also a stadium Facebook. Yeah, they just they broadcast them on on Facebook instead of on the stadium channel. Okay, if anybody doesn't know, this is what I did for the last game. I downloaded the Facebook Watch app on uh, – I, I used the Fire Stick. So you can do that, and you can go on, and, I, and you can also just click it on your computer and – and stream it there, but but if you do have the if you do have a TV where you have the capability of, of downloading an app, Facebook Watch it was really easy to do, and um, I actually just shifted over to the computer just so I could type in some responses. You know, you can you can type in uh, during the game like the live feed, and they might read it on the air. Um, so I just went and watched some of it on the computer with that, but I loved it, man. I thought it was great. No commercials, awesome. Keep it coming. Then on Friday, if the if Southern Miss wins. They will take on the winner of uh, Western Kentucky versus FIU UNT. The Western Kentucky, the two seed, FIU the seven seed, and North Texas is the ten seed. That will be on the CBS Sports Network. That's at Friday, March the fifteenth at three p.m. Central Time, approximately. <laughs> so, so, so more than likely, we're facing. I mean, if we had to make a guess, more than likely, we're facing Marshall first game. That if if the if the seating holds up, yes. And then WKU game two, if we beat Marshall. I know you can't look ahead, but well, and you know you really can't look past those other teams either. I mean, yeah, you know Rice beat us. Marshall, uh, we beat Marshall this year, but we owe them from from them beating us in the conference tournament last year. And they probably owe us from that butt whooping earlier this year. What was the final on that? Fifty, fifty point win. It was it was pretty substantial. It was a lot. Uh, that's not going to happen again. Now with guys like Elwood out there, just, you know, if he's in the gym, he's in range. So, but you know what? Nobody's as hot as we are. And Elwood just got engaged, so his head's somewhere else. So bring Marshall on. (laughs) He got engaged before the game the other day. It was on, the video of it was on Twitter, and it was the cheesiest. It was like he was up on the video board, and he was saying things like, you know, you're my number one rebounder and all this other kind of like I would have talked so much trash if I was if I would have been on the other team, but uh, so hopefully hopefully we make it through Thursday and Friday. Then on Saturday the championship game, 7:30 p.m. Central Time on CBS Sports Network, which I'm guessing is like CBS College Sports. We'll be taking on either the number one seed Old Dominion Monarchs, the number four seed UTSA Roadrunners. Number five seed UAB Blazers, number eight seed Louisiana Tech, number nine seed FAU, or the number 12 seed Middle Tennessee State. So one of those teams is going to be playing in the conference championship game, hopefully against us if we make it that far. Three games in three days. This is, um, this is one of the things we, we alluded to the entire year on the podcast here, talking about the minutes played for our, for our big guns and, you know, here in the last couple of weeks, it looks like Doc has at least tried to spell some of these guys. So, um, hmm, three games in three days is gonna be tough, but everybody's got to do it. Um, let's uh, let's 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 hope those threes are falling and and we're able to get a little rest uh, from the beginning. Isn't it cool to even have this conversation though? I mean, did you did, but at the beginning of the year did you think we were gonna be having the conversation like this? I mean, before the season started, yeah, I thought we we had a, a shot given what we had yeah. coming back. But you know, after some th- cards didn't fall our way in December, you, you kind of were a little skeptical about what we'd be able to do. But but they've bounced back and come on strong in the end. How much different would this year be with one particular game 
going a different direction. Absolutely. I mean, I mean the, the and and you know the it's it's the carry game. Uh, that's that's the one where I kind of flew off the handle. Um, everybody was scratching their head a little bit about what the team looked like up to that point. Then you lose to carry. Um, and then something happened. I don't know. Uh, I got to give Doc Sadler and the staff all the credit in the world. Uh, cause I think the players have played hard the entire time, but for whatever reason, they put it all together. Um, and, and just everything looks better. And the defensively, defensively, these guys are, are just, they look quicker. They look more, um, I don't want to say zone oriented, but they definitely have that matchup zone type of thing going on, even though it's primarily a man to man defense. Um, they've, I don't know. I have, I don't know. Do you have an explanation for the turnaround? I really don't, except for the fact that the, the potential that I thought the team had the entire time that is was finally being realized. And whatever it is, I don't care. If it's Doc not wearing the suit, great. If it's Drano making every three he looks at, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's 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 good, and it's, it's it's just nice to be excited at this time of year about basketball because this has been a minute. Absolutely. The all-conference teams were announced today. Tyree Griffin and Cortez Edwards, second-team all-conference. And Cortez Edwards also made the all-defensive team. Let's run through the baseball real quick. This past week, uh, Southern Miss undefeated Wednesday, March the 6th, defeating Southern 8-3. to Then on Friday, two games. The first one, 4-1 to over Holy Cross, and then 5-3 to over Holy Cross. Then closing it out on Saturday with a 4 to nothing victory over Holy Cross. Golden Eagles are now 8-5 and five on the year. This coming week, they will be taking on Louisiana Lafayette at ULL this Wednesday, March the 13th. Then this upcoming weekend, they kick off Conference USA play with a road series at Louisiana Tech with games Friday through Sunday. Then on next Tuesday, they'll return home hosting ULM. Now we've got a baseball-themed guest this week. We like to get different perspectives from different guests, and this is a, a very unique guest with with a very cool story. I've wanted to get this guy on the pod for quite a while, um, just talking with him out in the right field roost about how he came up with the concept. And um, it's a guy that's a that's a USM lifer. Um, went to school here in the mid '80s. I'm, I'm talking about John Adams, and not giving away too much about what's going to happen with the pod, but. Um, John is a is a Southern Miss fanatic and particularly a baseball fanatic, and he's the guy that came up with those loud horns that you guys hear right right after the national anthem, anytime there's a home run, and after a Golden Eagle victory. So he kind of takes you to how he came up with it, the kind of the evolution of the horns, and um, and it's a cool story. Um, and if you ever happen to go out to a game, make sure you at least walk out through the roost, man. Um, everybody's welcome. Walk around. Um, you might not want to just, you know, plant down <laughs> in some nice spot right there, but, you know, go shake some hands. Make sure you make your way all the way around and say hello to John. Uh, it's a cool story, and I hope everybody enjoys it. All righty. Uh, joining us today, a very special guest. Um, you may not know this guy personally, but I bet that you've definitely heard this guy before. Southern Miss baseball fanatic, graduated from Southern Miss, John Adams, what's happening, man? What's up, bud? Man, nothing much. You know, we've been talking about getting you on the show for probably the last couple of years or so, <laughs> and just yeah. and just never really got around to it. But but um, first of all, before we get into the whole the, the whole horns thing, uh, t- tell tell the listeners what what years were you at Southern Miss? I uh, started in '85, and. Uh, Finally got around to getting out around 92, or <laughs> in 92. I mean, you know, I made a long career out of it. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so, you know, uh, you get there, you think, all right, I'm in college now. And, uh, you know, your parents expect one thing, but then, uh, you can look around and go, wow, uh, there's a, there's a whole other world here. And <laughs> next thing you know, hey, somebody's yelling at you get out of school and they're going, <laughs> well, it's fun. And so, you know, and eventually I, you know, you, you got to get out, I guess, I, you know, if I could go back today. I would go back. 
Yeah, me too. I, I, I hope that my son Jack, um, ends up having the same kind of experience that I know I had and it sounds like you had. Um, so why, so while you're at USM, I mean, that's, that's kind of some of the heyday years really. Um, so what are your, some of your best memories from while you're at USM? Ah, man, you know, there were a ton. Um, uh, that you can remember. Probably the biggest was the NIT. Uh, you know, that was right, uh, guess, uh, in the middle of when I was at Southern and, uh, watching that, keeping up with that, and then just watching campus go berserk after we won it. I mean, that was probably one of the bigger, biggest things that had happened. And, uh, I mean, you know, the place was just, it was, it was just crazy. It was electric. It was great. Totally, um, man. Yeah. I mean, in, in the atmosphere that was created way back then, it's kind of something that you guys have really started to, uh, so, well, not really started to, but, you know, the atmosphere out at the Pete now, um, specifically in the right field roost, uh, is, is a lot because of, of guys like you. And, um, so, so out at the roost, like, like, first off, like, how long have you had that spot out there? Uh, Zach and I, um, I guess it was around 2007 that we actually got the spot. It might've been eight, uh, camera can't remember exactly what year uh had been going to uh, out to the roost and hanging out at uh, other spots uh prior to that you know uh probably 2002 2003 somewhere in there um went out to baseball games in the 80s when i was in school and uh, it was right after the the pete was uh was actually finished i think it was 85 and we would walk over from over uh, fraternity house and, and hang out over there and there wasn't really a roost yet and there wasn't any of that. We'd just go over there and go see some games and, you know, you could walk up, student ID, boom, you're in and hang out, um, watch games and, and that was it. But I really got into it, I guess, in the, uh, early 2000s. Just, uh, my wife and I started going over there and then I started going out to the roost and, uh, hanging out with those guys and, uh, then like I said, Zach, uh, and I were talking one day, and he said something about uh, he was on the list to get a spot. And uh, I, I told him, hey, man, if you want a partner in that, I'll go in with you. He said, okay. So I uh, had an alternative spot for they, – they have uh, – they used to. I don't know if they still do or not, but they had the uh, two alternates uh, for the roost that if somebody didn't show, you could park in there. Had that for a year, two years, and then got a, got a spot 40 which is, you know, is the last spot down there right behind uh, right center. And uh, that's how that came about. So, so it's you and Zach that I was going to ask you who, who, who actually deserves the credit, but I started thinking about it. It might be who deserves the blame, <laughs> yeah. um, especially well, according to my two-year-old, because I'm telling you what. And for you guys who, who've never experienced the horns up close and personal, um, these things are extremely loud and uh, – and you know, it it, it 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 does a number on on my two year. It, heck, it scared me the first time. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, actually we 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 have more members in our spot than just Zach and I. We were the first. He was the one that was on the list, and I uh, told him I'd go in with him. Then we took on a few other people, and now it's evolved until we've got a pretty good sized group that keeps this whole thing going. Uh, and so, uh, but when we first. Uh, when we first started the the, uh, the horn deal, uh, uh, Chris Potan, his his kids were or his oldest was real young, and even his youngest now. To this day, as soon as the national anthem finishes, doesn't matter where they are. They can be at a sporting event, they can be at a church event, they can be at any event, anything, anytime they hear the national anthem. Right at the end, they put their hands over their ears. I mean, it's just an automatic response, and it's also become an automatic response for everybody at that end of the roost. Now, you look, I'll look down, and everybody will be standing there with their hands. Nobody says anything. Nobody looks up. Nobody does anything. They just automatic put your hands over your ears. <laughs> you know it's coming. Right. So, um, so it's pretty so, fun. Yeah. No, it's 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 unique. It's something that I um that I hope you know every every Southern Miss fan really. Um, gets a chance to experience just you know walk on down there i'm sure you wouldn't mind people coming down and you oh, know no, just we checking it out shaking hands so um yeah, we love people coming down so, there. so 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 the horns though for people who don't know about it 
after the well, I don't know if after the anthem it's always going on, but I know like after a home run and after the game is over, uh, it started off with everybody just honking the horn in their car, right? Correct. And I don't know when that started. That was during the early years of the uh, roost, which I think was you know early nineties. I, I I would have to ask one of the the real old timers out there. I mean, we're relatively new mm-hmm. to the crowd. Uh, being in the early 2000s, these guys were out there way before that. And one of the things uh, was they always honked their uh, car horns. And then, of course, once the uh, well, alarm systems came out in cars, you know, they they all hit their alarm button and it blows the horn for a little while. And uh, that's how that's how the horns in the roof started, I believe. And so these things you got now are just are, are just like super. They're like car horns on on steroids, you know. So. Um, so where do you, where do you get these things? I mean, you can't just go down to the local hardware store and pick up these kind of horns, right? Well, I tell you how this whole thing evolved. It probably would be best for me just to go back and kind of start from the beginning of how it all happened. And then that way I can lead into what, you know, uh, where they came from and how we got them and how that came about. But what happened was sitting up on the deck, everybody's honking horns, uh, that old truck that we use for our, our, uh, spot doesn't have an alarm system in it it's that old and so you know with that open the door and honk it honk the horn a few times and it's not very loud and i was thinking you know it'd be really cool to have an air horn up here and so um chris and i chris potan and i were sitting there during a game and i said you know this truck i I have an air compressor on it that i had put on years ago that runs off the the engine and i said you know, if we can just get some air horn, some kind of air horn, we've got air. I've got a, a tank in the back of the truck that holds a little bit of air. We can do it. He says, man, I've got some. So uh, he 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 comes up with, with air horns, and uh, they're uh, truck air horns. They were off of uh, some vehicles that were decommissioned in, here in town. And uh, so he brings me all these horns. I've just got a pile of horns laying there. I'm looking at them all, and I'm like, what in the world, man? I didn't know. You know I had to look and see how they operate and all that, which they operated off an electronic device uh, on the uh, trucks I came off of. But So I said, this is great. I'll just put a button up there with the electronic device and put them up there, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So we mounted the first set, and we're all excited about them. And first game comes, and I hit the button, and it was nothing. And I went, oh, my gosh, what happened? Well, it turns out that the solenoid, which is a little electronic device that allows the air to go to the horns, you can't run that past about 30 PSI, or it will jam up and will not open up. And that's what happened. So I was like, man, really scrambling around. We unhooked it real quick, hooked up another hose, and and just did it manually. So for the first few years, it was just us with a manual, like a little air blower thing that we had hooked to these horns and we would just hold them there. We actually had built two sets and we would, uh, hold them up in the air and blast them. But, uh, the, the problem with that was, uh, uh, you know, finding two people and people were forgetting. So we never really got, it, it took a little while to, okay, somebody's got to be there to man these horns. And, uh, and the, uh, they were real shrill, too. Everybody would say, man, I don't know what kind of horns those are, but those are high-pitched. I mean, they're, they're just like piercing. I was like, yeah. And I thought, you know, it'd be good to get some train horns. And who do I know that <laughs> who do I know that works for the one of the railroads or something? And I knew a few people, so I started asking around. And, man, they treat train horns like they're gold. I mean, I was like, everybody I approached, they were going, oh, man, yeah, you know. Uh, that's hard to come by or something. I'm thinking, man, there's trains everywhere. Right. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, how how hard is it? Well, I get online and start looking. Okay, I want to buy some train horns. Wow. <laughs> you know, they're like two grand, 1500 two grand, something like that. I'm like, ooh, uh, that's a little, you know, this is, uh, you know, maybe one day. But anyway, so the guys up there, we got to talk, and I said, man, you know what, you know, what do y'all want to do as far as these horns go? And, you know, some of them were like, uh, you know, that's all y'all. But Zach and them, they're, they're down on the ground. They're like, man, that's all y'all. <laughs> yeah. We're down here. You know, we're participating. This is our spot. But we're, we're just, that's that's y'all up there on that deck making that noise. 
So uh, I get online, you know, the usual thing, just start Googling stuff and come up with this guy in North Carolina that builds train horns out of PVC. So I sent him a text, said, hey, man, you know, I want to see about, or an email, and I want to see about uh, getting a set of your horns, and, you know, and I had a specific type. There's a lot of type. That's another thing I learned. There's a lot of types of train horns. Uh, I didn't know there were different ones. Well, this guy, and there's a whole group out there that's a train horn uh, enthusiast, uh, aficionados, or whatever, and they build these things, and I don't know if they have competitions or what, but this guy is, like I said, in North Carolina. I asked him, told him what we were doing. He said, yeah, I can build you a set. I can build him that, uh, that speck of a horn. And I said, okay. And he told, gave me a price. I went to the guy, and he said, yeah, man, let's go for it. So he said, okay, it'd probably be two, three weeks before I can get them done. I said, well, can you paint them a color? He said, yep. I said, multiple colors. He said, yep, black and gold. Okay, no problem. So it wasn't a week later. I get an email with a YouTube video on it. This guy's got this set of horns in his driveway in in the hills or mountains of North Carolina. And he lets it rip. And I'm thinking, wow, man, that's pretty loud on, you know, watching it on a sure. video. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, close. So cool. He says, well, I'm sending them to you. If that's good with you. I said, yep. Uh, a couple of days later, a huge box arrives here at the house. I open it up and there's the horns, man. They were cool. I was looking at them going, this is awesome. So uh, we bring the truck over. We get everything all fixed up here. We uh, decide to see how they work here in my neighborhood. And uh, <laughs> But the neighbors love it. Got it all hooked up. Yeah. And I torched it off. And, man, next thing I know, people are going, what are you doing over there? Said, well, <laughs> we're ready for baseball season now. So we brought the horns out, and that's now been three. This is the third season of these things, and uh, they have uh, lived up to expectations. Believe me, it's 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 really it's really been fun. And now I'm being told by people that uh, you know they expect it, and if we even miss close to missing uh, a horn blast after a home run or or something, and the texts come in quick, where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? For sure, man. No, it 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 does so much for uh, to just to really add to the atmosphere that the roost is already, uh, you know, the roost is established and people kind of know about it. But the horns really gives it that that extra thing, I think. And um, and not only that, and you kind of alluded to this, but for the listeners that they don't really know um, exactly the whole setup, I know you guys add something to it every year, but it, it literally started off with that truck. And then, and then the the deck was built, I think, on on top of the truck to kind of see over the outfield fence, and 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 from there, just, just kind of just every year you add something, right? Yeah, that's right. When we got the spot, spot forty is on the down slope down there at the end, uh, as we call it, the, the down the hill. When people come out there, uh, you know, we always tell them we're down the hill. So it drops off, and the first few games, we're sitting there in the back of the truck, and we're having to stand up or we're having to sit at the back of the truck, and, of course, there's not enough room for many people in a vehicle. And I said, well, hey, you know, we're sideways. We're with the last uh, spot here, so we can turn sideways, I guess. I guess it won't say anything. <laughs> and I've got this uh, lumber rack on top of this truck, this old truck. Let's, let's do a little platform and sit up there. Okay, so built a 4 by 8 platform. We, you know, accommodated three people, and we'd sit up there, and people would swap out sitting up there, and it was just very basic. Somewhere I've got a picture uh, of the uh, of the of the deck, the original deck, and it's it's I mean it's very plain compared to what's going on now. But um, yeah, so I said, "What well, dang, this needs to be a little longer." I'm, you know, I I built a little bit bigger one, so I built another one, and it was. Uh, we made it uh, 12 by uh, 4 by 12. So stuck it up there. Okay, it's great, but it's a little narrow. It's a little, you know, a little scary up there. I said, the truck is sitting at an angle. We need to level this. So we ended up going out there and jacking the front of the truck up and putting stamps on it every year to, just to hold it because I didn't drive the truck. We just left it out there for the season after a few games. Uh, thanks, Scott Berry. <laughs> he he actually came out and says, where do you take this? I said, really? Nowhere. I just bring it in for the games. He said, well, 
it's your spot. Why don't you, you, I guess you can leave it. I said, well, okay, if you're good with it, I'm good with it. So we went with it. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, then we added another wing off the back to make it a little wider. And then a couple of years ago, we added a wing off the front to make it a little wider. And then we have a little platform we can pull out in front of it to make, uh, some accommodations for people down below. And, and it's just, you know, it's just growing into a, uh, a contraption, I guess, is the best word for it. You even got a roof on it now, huh? Uh, yeah, I built a frame and put a tarp that we can, uh, we'll take it down after, uh, after weekend series or whatever. But, uh, yeah, we pull a tarp over it and that's more for the sun, although it was a really nice addition for the Purdue, uh, series, uh, especially Friday and, uh, Saturday. Sure. Um, you know, that, that, that drizzle rain thing Friday, it, uh, it worked great. Um, and well, for us up top, the guys down below, every once in a while, we'd have to tell them heads up, here comes some water. <laughs> but <laughs> they, 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 they figured it out quick. Uh, yeah. We adapt real quick. So got to. So, so yeah. And, and you talk about, you've mentioned, you know, several people that are down there with you. Um, you know, it's really, it's a family atmosphere down on that end. I know the closer you get kind of to over where the, the bullpen is, uh, maybe not so family oriented, but, um, down where you guys are, you know, it's, it's got a big spot for children to run around. And, and, and one of the cool things that I like what you guys, uh, did is you put a couple warning signs up, um, uh, <laughs> kind of nailed to a couple trees. Uh, what do those warning signs say again? Uh, well, one of them tells, uh, parents that, uh, unsupervised children will be sold to the highest bidder. <laughs> And That's we right. don't mind the kids. I mean, the kids, it's great. They're down there in front of us. They're, we're above them. We don't really mind it. Anytime they start getting out of hand, we, I mean, we tell them, hey, you can't do that. You start throwing things against the wall. You start trying to climb on the wall. You try and do anything. Can't do it. Right. But, right. Uh, you know, they play stickball and things like that in front of them. We don't mind it. I mean, some of our kids get down there and play in it, too. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. And I, uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know if the university you know, has noticed, but I, I put a couple of, of, of rope swings up in the, the oak tree there. And so we have kids swinging. So we built a little playground area down there just to occupy the kids. I mean, they're, they come, there's been times when I've looked down, we've probably had 30 kids down there. Don't know where they come from somewhere up in the stands, somewhere up in the roost. I don't know. Don't really care that as long as they tend to their business and don't, and don't, uh, and mind and are good kids, which, uh, you know, we haven't had, many instances where there've been bad kids. So we don't mind it. Let, let them play, man. I mean, you know, we're enjoying it. They're enjoying it. Everybody's enjoying it. It's a great thing for all the, the whole family. Heck, sometimes I know that I get caught up in watching their little game that's going on, you know, with the stick ball and running and first base is a tree and second base is another tree. And I'll look up and we've scored a couple runs in the actual game. And I don't even know how we did it. Cause I've been watching this other game. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's happened to us several times. We're up there, and somebody goes, did you see that? And I'm going, uh, no, I was watching this game. Did you see what that kid just did down there? <laughs> right. going, no, I mean, I get, yeah, you get kind of lost. Uh, it, it's it's kind of crazy. But, uh, um, I, I mean, like I said, we're, we're good with it as long as they, as long as they know, you know, have some, have some uh, discipline to themselves, we're good with it. So since you've been – in the roost, if you can kind of, or I guess maybe not even like since you've been in the roost, but uh, you've been a USM baseball fan for, for I guess, forever. Um, what, what's the best game you can remember seeing out at the Pete? Best game? Uh, you know, us winning the uh, the conference championship uh, back in 16 there, that was, that whole series right there was, was awesome. Uh, and probably the, the, the coolest thing was when the whole team came out and jumped the fence. I mean, they weren't down on our end. Uh, they were up in the corner there where, you know, the, 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 uh, as some call it, the frat parties happening. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're Bush and all them are hanging out that Maddox and all that's that, you know, there's, there's different sections to the roost as you, as you said, and then you got that section and that's probably the section that's the rowdiness started. And, uh, that's where a lot of people hang out. And some of the, some of the funniest stuff you'll hear, it comes from that, that corner right there. I mean, you will hear some hilarious stuff. Um, uh, 
And so, I mean, I understand that's where, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, uh, heads, I guess you would say the, the big heads and all that stuff started. That's where they used to throw the boot over the fence and drag the boot and the boot came out, you know, and then they did the boot on the, on the stick and all that. So that's, that's pretty much where the players, that's the first thing the players, uh, and, and, and everybody knows. So when they, when they crawled over that fence, that was just, that was cool. I mean, that was really cool. There's some great photographs that came out of that. I mean, some really good photographs of the team coming over and the people in the roost just, you know, having a heyday. Of course, we were down there giving them all the horn we could. So Right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's kind of weird. I was sitting in the stands for that game. I remember how hot it was. Um, you know, oh, normally man. I'm out there with you guys in a roost, um, and, and I was for a little bit, but um, – but I, I had really good seats, so I was watching, and I actually, so I got to see the whole thing unfold. The guys take off, start climbing the fence, and you know, I was I was just so happy to be a part of it, and I kind of am glad that I was on this side because uh, it was totally, it was totally just a spur of the moment. Those guys did all that on that. Just they went out, celebrated in the middle of the field, and the next thing you know, they're all running. We're like, what are they doing? They hit the wall and just came over it. And it was like, wow, man, that is cool. And I mean, they their appreciation, our appreciation. It was a, it was a, it was a good day. It was a great day. So uh, I'm gonna hit you with a few other little questions here. Um, so we talked about the best game. You remember? What's the longest home run? You know, people tell me some long ones that happened before I really got out there and was really involved. Just you know, way back. Um, but the longest one that I've witnessed wasn't even us, but it still I think the ball's flying, and everybody <laughs> that I know agrees. That kid from Cal State, when he hit that ball over center, yeah, I, and that thing was still climbing going over center. It was crazy how far that ball went. I I, I don't know where it went. It's in somebody's apartment over <laughs> on Seventh Street. I don't know where right. that. Was crushed and i don't remember our picture and i i hate it's the other team but it's one of those things you just it sticks in your mind you're like my gosh and what i remember about it it was so crazy was everybody in unison the whole place was you know cheering and going on and as soon as that kid made contact the whole place you could hear it everybody went "Ooh, right i mean it was just like i said i hate that it was another team but it was just it was one of those things like, wow, man, that's really amazing. <laughs> right, no doubt. What's the uh, and we've had a lot of them, but but what's the what's the best crowd that you've seen? I know we've had a lot of sellouts, um, and but but maybe like the most vote or the most into it, and it might be that sixteen game again. It's tough to really to yeah. It was, you know, uh, those those times we play SEC teams. Of course, that's going to drag all the the local. SEC fan out, and it doesn't matter what they claim to follow. They, you'll look out there. We can be playing Ole Miss, we can be playing State, we can be playing I mean, whoever. You look around, and there will be people wearing Auburn stuff. There'll be people wearing LSU stuff. There'll be, and you go, well, hey man, uh, you know, uh, they're not playing here. Like, oh, I'm just an SEC fan. Like, okay, well, right. Right, we appreciate right, you right, donating right. to the program, <laughs> but buying tickets, but. So you see a lot of those big crowds, and uh, you had asked earlier earlier about um, the uh, signage that's on the trees out there. There's one that says "Earring Protection Required," right. and that came about because of a guy that was out there, and I don't know who he was, but he had a state shirt on. We weren't playing an SEC school, we weren't playing state, we weren't playing. I don't know what he was doing, but anyway, oh, we was doing. I know when it was. It was during the uh, conference tournament, and he's standing there and I said, hey man, you know, when we blow these horns, we forewarned them. When we blow the horns, it's going to be loud. And they had a young, a very young child, like pretty much newborn. And I said, uh, you know, these horns, they're going to be loud. So they're down there and they're sitting there, you know, and, well, hit a dinger and lift the horns up. Kid goes crazy. And the guy turns to me and says, way to go, guys. And I looked at him and said, first of all, wrong stadium. Second of all, you were forewarned. So the right. next day, I, I got those signs, nailed them up, and they, people said, what are you putting signs up for? I said, well, if that guy comes back out, obviously he can't hear. Maybe he can see. <laughs> and uh, so 
So we've never had anybody else say anything uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the best, man. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to your crowd-wise, uh, the, the, the 16th uh, uh, championship was probably uh, – that was just a great crowd. The whole weekend, I mean, there were people coming out that I've never seen at baseball games, and they got into it. I mean, friends of mine that were coming in town that went to Southern, you know, they they followed uh, the uh, – football team they follow basketball and you know somewhat follow baseball but they've never really come out and gone to a game man now they call me all the time but hey i'm coming down for this weekend i want to come to a game and uh so you know that that whole series right there probably did more for pulling people into uh the whole championship pulling people into the game and showing them what it was all about yeah well you know jamie and i um talk about it all the time as far as uh just crowds in general to they go to football they go to baseball i know you and i have talked about it before um it, and the pete just it's it's a um like J- jamie always says you know you got to make it to where people just don't want to miss it's got to become a can't miss event um correct i i feel like the pete kind of has that I and mean, people don't want to miss it, you don't have to go simply to watch the baseball game. You go because it's an event, kind of like Live at Five downtown or something, right, where you, you, you want to go and, and you know that you're going to a baseball game, but that's not necessarily the reason that you have to go, right? That, that is totally it. Uh, uh, I've talked to um, several people over there uh, in with, with the coaching staff and just different people that are involved with uh, tickets and uh you know just usm folks as I, I guess i can call them and i tell them you know since we've been coming out here since we've been doing this it it, it we didn't intend it originally intend for this to happen but we've probably got just in our spot alone and our spot might even be one of the smaller ones uh that corner those guys up in the corner probably have done more i know they've done more uh heck they got me coming out uh, regularly, <laughs> but um, I know in the last, I'd say last five years at least, there's probably 20 people that, that hang out in our spot now that buy season tickets, and there's probably 30 or more that come out, and it, it's become something of, you know, hey, I'm going to make a few games this year where they never went in the past. So, you know, if every spot, you think there's 40 spots out there, and if every spot pulled 10 new people, heck, man, we're, you know, we're starting to put some people in the, in, in, in the peak. Sure. And no, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times it's funny because people say, man, I looked at your gas, saw your game on TV. And, you know, it's especially one of those April or May games when that sun's beating down on the stands. And uh, they'll say, man, it didn't look like there was a very big crowd. I said, yeah, that camera never turned to the roost. I mean, I've, I've seen the stands look sparse and then the roost is just standing room only. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, a few more things and we'll get you out of here. But as far as this year's team goes, um, uh, you know, last year losing some key pieces, like maybe the the best pitcher in the history of the school, and Nick Sandlin and and uh, and, oh, yeah. and Luke. Um, you know, I guess coming into this year, I know that you know we're still predicted to to win the conference championship, but you got to wonder when you have like two like a generational pitcher like that leave you know how this year's team's going to stack up and it looks like we've done good so far and for the listeners we're actually recording this um the saturday before we're going to play game two versus mississippi state um so so what do you think about this year's team like maybe like some of the like, like what what do we do the best well you know we we've been defensively we've been solid for a long time um i mean just just out there turning doubles and just some mm-hmm. of the things that happen out in the field are just phenomenal. Uh, we've had some really good players out there, shortstops. I mean, we've had some phenomenal shortstops, of course. Everybody knows that. But we've had good players all the way around, first base and the third. But um, that wasn't that hasn't been a concern for a while. And so I knew that was coming back. Um, bats, man, we've got, some, we've got some smashers on the team, and we do that. But it always comes back to that pitching. And you kind of think, man, what have we got for pitching? And this year was, I mean, I'm not saying the guys weren't, the, the, the guys are, that we've got, uh, they're good pitchers. But we just, you know, that 
Sandlin coming back last year, you, you, you just kind of knew that guy. Oh, wow, man, this dude's going to come in here, and he's just a lights-out guy. You knew what you were getting every game there. You'd seen it in, in his, in, you know, when he was closing. And uh, so pitching was kind of it was it was a question mark. But I'm telling you, telling you, yesterday after listening to that game, uh, couldn't make it up to Starville, but listening to that game, man, I see some really bright spots. Sure. I mean, you know, that was, that was a well pitched game, both sides, but I'm, uh, you know, I, it, it opened my eyes to some guys on our team that I'm like, okay, well, we got something here. We get these bats, um, hot, um, which we, that's definitely going to come and we're good in the field. Hey, we got something here. Um, no doubt. Let's see, let's see what, uh, where it goes. Um, so hit me with you know, a uh, hit, yeah. Hit, hit me with a with a win total. How many are we gonna How many are we gonna win this year? Whew, uh, you know, they always say uh, forty is is that magic number for the for the host. And uh, I'm I'm really I'm 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 leaning toward, and I might be even conservative here, but I'm leaning toward maybe 42, 40, 42 ish. You know, in that area. Yeah. Maybe more. I just don't know. You know, like I said, um, I, I, I saw some really good pitching yesterday. We've got to do it uh, every game. And so um, that's that's where I'm going to stand right now, 42. That 50 win here, that was – That's, that's you know, crazy. That's, right. that's, that's crazy good yeah. right there. And, you know, uh, so I, – but, I, I, you know, 42, um, we get we get another one against uh, State here today. And, uh, hey, I'd love to sweep them. You know, that RPI gets up there. Um, that's always a concern, that RPI, because you know, they all live on that RPI. And uh, you get you get uh, 42 wins. Hey, man, we're playing here in the summer. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm looking at the schedule here for uh, for all the listeners that um, haven't taken a, taken a peek at the schedule yet. Um, and then, you know, we get into the conference schedule with uh, Old Dominion, Marshall, Charlotte, uh, all quality teams. Ole Miss is coming to town in May, so you know everybody. I, I, I would I would suggest everybody come out and at least like take a just take a walk through the roost. You know, um, come out there, see what it's all about. Take some pictures. Um, it's it's incredible. It adds to the atmosphere. And dude, it's it's guys like you. I mean, and you mentioned the Maddoxes and um, and Big John and everybody, but um, it's people like you, Chris, Zach. Uh, Kevin, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I don't know everybody right off the top of my head. Oh, there we've got a crew out there now, man. We've uh, we we've we've taken on a few new people. Uh, the, the original group, uh, most of them have all come back. Uh, it's uh, Matt Miller, uh, Michael Honeycutt, uh, John Shock, uh, Kevin, and Rob. Uh, which Rob was a attorney brother of mine way back, and Gooch. Gooch was in there. A guy named Gooch. He's from Jackson, and Scott, another fraternity brother. He was older. He was there at USN way before me. But uh, then Zach, um, you know, uh, it, it's 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 quite a group. Um, the guy from Slidell, Blake, Cyril, he's in with us on that spot. Um, and uh, it, like I said, it started out just a small group, and it's grown to a big group. And then we got all the people to just come out, and it's so cool because they'll come out and go, "Hey, man, what can I bring? What can I do?" And right. Like, just show up. Come out here and have fun. I mean, just show up, buy those tickets and show up and, and join the dugout club. Absolutely. Club. Um, well, I mean, I just like to say just just thank you from all of us in, uh, in Golden Eagle Nation, man, for just adding to that atmosphere at the Pete and just making it just a special place. Um, the listeners can follow along with John. I'm not sure if you have your own Twitter handle, but I know I follow you at – uh, at your at your horns account, so that's at home run underscore horns. Um, you have any final thoughts for the Golden Eagle faithful out there? Well, man, that you know that all out there was when what we do was started uh, just because we're trying to get Southern Miss. Uh, just we want to promote Southern Miss and uh, the the horns and all that. It's fun, but it's all about really that team, that university that uh those kids out there doing the work um we're just we're just there playing along and having a good time uh, we want we want people to get excited about our school you know we 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 want people to partic- participate 
And uh, you know, we don't have the we don't have the resources some do, but man, we we have an atmosphere, and just let's keep building on that, and let's let's have fun with it, man. Let's take it somewhere. Absolutely, man. Well, we always end the interviews this way, so I'm just gonna say Southern Miss to the top. That was John Adams. Great interview, Jason. Really enjoyed it. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, John did want me to to uh, to he he made it he made a prediction in there <laughs> for the uh, 42 victories. And um, that as of that recording, we just played the first game of the year. Um, so we we hadn't even played game two yet. No, no, we we had uh, it was the uh, second series against Mississippi State, so we hadn't played game two against that yet. But um, since then, he wanted me to to uh, to tell everybody that he might have to change his win total of forty two just a little bit. But um, but I hope everybody enjoyed it, and I I think it's a cool story, and um, and and I, I hope everybody likes it. We don't usually talk about track and field, but the Southern Miss track and field team had a great weekend at the NCAA D1 Indoor Championships in Birmingham. Four of the athletes that competed came away placing in the top ten in their respective events, and the team as a whole finished higher than ever before in school history. This is straight from the press release. So Caleb Parker placed sixth in the 60-meter hurdles with a time of 7.87, as well as being named first-team All-American. Eric Richards placed ninth overall in the finals for the men's high jump with a mark of 7 feet and 2.5 inches. He is a second-team All-American. John Warren in the triple jump placed sixth with a mark of 53 feet 8.5 inches, and he is a first-team All-American from that performance. Then McKinley West placed seventh in the 200-meter dash with a time of 21.12. He is also first-team All-American. The team as a whole finished tied for 35th, with seven points, along with Nebraska, Akron, and Tennessee. This is the highest that Southern Miss has ever placed at the NCAA Indoor Nationals. All right, let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guest this week, John Adams. You can follow him on Twitter at homerun underscore horns. You can follow us at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Facebook and Instagram as well. Shoutouts. Got to give a shout out to our friends at collegesportsunfiltered.com. Got to give a shout out to Drew Witt. Came and sat with us at the game today. He's been slinging these graphics that have been gracing our social media pages, and I think the fans have really enjoyed them. Also, Jared Cypress sent me a really cool pick the other day. I put it out there as a throwback last Thursday, so I appreciate any kind of uh, any kind of help we can get. Also, we got two babies born this week. Two new Golden Eagles in the family. Shane and Catherine Lott, Shane, our good friend that's been on the show several times, uh, gave birth. They have his daughter, his daughter, his wife Catherine gave birth to Edie, and this mm-hmm. was on March the 6th. And then I have some other friends that were, that are Golden Eagles as well. Well, Jeremy and Stephanie Connessy, uh, Stephanie gave birth to Riley on March 6th also. Uh, so two new Golden Eagles, the Connessy's own landmark cafe down in Loosedale, Mississippi. So good times there. All right, so this week we got the conference tournament. We're on the road. We start conference play in baseball. So there's going to be a lot going on, a lot to keep up with. I, I believe Pro Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. Also, for the folks that are in the Hattiesburg area that signed up, I think Dr. Bennett is having his um, town hall meeting about the athletic director search next week. So there's a lot that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. Jason, any final thoughts before we take it home? No, nah, man, let's just keep this winning thing going. Everything is so much better around my household uh, when we're winning. And, and I want to give a, just a, an extra shout out to Shane and Catherine and their beautiful daughter, uh, Evie. And um, and I can't wait to uh, can't wait to see her this football season. Talk to Shane today. And he said they're actually going to come back to a game um, and they're going to bring her out to tailgate. So that's great. Oh, good times. Well, hopefully when we're recording this episode next week, it's after the NCAA viewing party. And we'll have some great news. Hopefully that's the case. We're not getting ahead of ourselves, though. No, let's not do that. All right, look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss, To The Top.